those things have to be led from the top. There's no such animal as a grassroots effort in a company to drive diversity. Because if the leaders don't care about it, then all of that stuff is all great, but it'll never really take action. Welcome to Race in the Workplace, a limited series brought to you by the Voices of Energy podcast. This series highlights the best conversations from our engagements with Black energy professionals and leaders on topics around racism in this country and more specifically energy organizations. We have compiled and categorized their insights to serve as a guide for you to implement change in your workplace. I'm Katie Maynard, founder and CEO of Ally Energy. I'll now pass it off to fellow Ally staff member, Amy Deaton, who is the MC for this series. This is Race in the Workplace. I'm Amy Deaton, and this episode is titled Tone at the Top. Everybody can agree that change is most effective when it's promoted through the highest levels of our organizations. So how can executives use their power to accelerate diversity in their companies? According to a conversation we had with Paula Glover, who is the president of the Alliance to Save Energy, it starts with making diversity a business imperative. The first thing that boards can do is make diversity, equity, inclusion a priority of the business. And that would mean that when you are measuring the success of a business, when you are looking at the success and the performance of your executive leadership, in this case, likely the CEO, chairman, that diversity is part of that. And that it starts with the board saying, yes, this is a priority and this is what we want to see and this is how we're going to hold you accountable for those results. And then that rolls down to senior, you know, that CEO saying the same thing to their senior leadership and those leaders saying the same thing to those individuals report back to them. But I think the first thing that a board can do, right, is say that that is a priority and really demand and say that we're going to measure against these types of goals. Now, the good news is that a lot of our public companies are being measured by some of this already by investor communities and others. And so, you know, at this point for me, the motivating factor is probably not as important as them just making the commitment and then doing the work. Paula points out that even if execs don't want to prioritize diversity, external forces will pressure them to take action. She notes investors in nearby communities being one example. But what other methods could incentivize board-level action? In a conversation we had with Gordy Bannister Jr., who is the former CEO of Era Energy and member of the Dow Board of Directors, he discussed how executive compensation could be an option. I'll say this. At the top of the house, executive compensation is, I mean, it's got a, a host of complexities associated with it. And different public companies, and I've, I've actually looked at this over the last sort of 12 months or so, different public companies have multiple ways in which the CEO and the executive team are paid. A lot of those metrics are really hard objective measures, meaning the business performance. So return on capital, operating income, return on sales, those kinds of metrics that quite frankly, either you make the number or you don't and you get paid or you don't. That's one basket. There's another basket where part of the compensation, some percentage, is based on the hard metrics. And then there's another part based on 
I wouldn't say softer metrics, but they're not financial. So they're safety results or diversity or things like that. So different companies have different things that they do in that space. I think with time, more companies need to move towards having really hard performance metric expectations and bonus expectations that are tied to their progress on inclusion and diversity. Absolutely. I go back to it and say, no metrics, no movement. We all know that you get people respond to what they're getting paid by. And at the end of the day, if you're not tying how they're getting paid to whether or not they're making progress, it's going to be slow. It'll move faster if you tie how people are getting paid to that. While compensation and investor pressure can serve as catalysts for change, Paula notes that many executive boards are still struggling to make progress because their recruiting methods remain unchanged. Our organizations have made decisions about where they want to hire from, and they're not so adept at changing where they look. And so if you have an organization that says, I'm only going to hire from, say, University of Pennsylvania, and then you don't get diverse candidates, well, even at UPenn, there are African-American students. It's not like there aren't Black students who go there. And so if you're just relying on the university to give you candidates without saying to them, the career center, if that's who you're working with, I want a diverse student body that I'm going to recruit from, then the school may or may not make that a priority, right? The same would be at any major university. But also, I think, you know, we do need to be looking at HBCUs for our hiring for African-American students. Absolutely. We should be looking at minority-serving institutions. So there are things that we should be doing that just very generally that we actually aren't doing as an industry if we're really trying to hire more Black students or you know, Hispanic students, whatever that is, there are things that we should be doing, or more women for that matter, that we actually aren't doing. And if I'm going to be frank, I think we are dishonest with ourselves when we say, well, I looked and I couldn't find. Because if you're looking in the same place that you've been looking for the last five years and your organization is not diverse, why would you continue to look in those same exact places and think the result's going to be different? That's really kind of counterproductive and it doesn't make sense. It's obvious that changing company practices is hard, and as Paula emphasizes, it takes serious intentionality and a shift in mindset to make progress toward diversity. I'll close out this episode with another insight by Gordy, that the biggest barrier execs have to overcome is getting everyone to understand the benefit of diversity. I think the challenges that people face at the executive level and the board level is Ensuring that everybody in the system has what I would declare sort of an abundance mentality. I think it's really, really easy when you try to say you're focused on either women, blacks, people of color, however you want to describe it. You run the risk that there's a backlash because people say, wait a minute, what about me? And I think of it more as you got to have an abundance mentality. You have to believe that having black people in your organization at the top throughout, that that's actually a benefit to everyone. It's not a detriment to certain people. Same thing with women, same thing with Asian or or people of color. It's the same thing. And quite frankly, we, we find ourselves sort of caught in this scarcity mentality where if I say I wanna have I don't know, 30% of my board be black for some reason, that's that takeaway for some other groups, right? And, it, and it's not. We, we have to have an abundance mentality, not a scarcity mentality. 
Now, as you matriculate down through an organization, it's hard to get people to understand that because they're thinking about, well, what about my job? What about my individual job? And especially in a circumstance where if you're reducing the number of positions like we are right now in energy, you're reducing the number of positions, people are saying, well, wait a minute, what about me? Well, the reality is, is that if companies are shrinking, they're shrinking a little bit of everybody. What you want to make sure in that circumstance is you're not disproportionately affecting those underrepresented groups. You want to make sure you're not doing that. So I think that the real challenge is trying to ensure that a system and an organization has an abundance mentality, that they see having that diversity, having that inclusion as a benefit to how the whole system will operate. Thanks for listening to this episode of Race in the Workplace. For more in this series, tune in to the next episode and look out for other new content coming soon. This is the Voices of Energy.